What do you call a weapon that shoots sadness? Uh, a saturnator. A bow and harrow. Why? What's uh? Okay. Harrow is is like a harrowing feeling, like a like a feeling of despair. Spell harrowing. H a r r o w i n g. Good job. I people at at work. I have people double my age coming to me, going, "Hey, how do you spell this word?" And I'll spell it out for them. S a w f t soft. Yeah, I agree. Shout out Enzo Amore. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but what I do know is that I want a player to recap last session for me. It's not how this works. I always do it when nobody's prepared. Somebody else does it. Yeah. Chris, it's your turn. You can recap your the the adventure on Farhaven Island. All right. Well, as we decided to uh, carry out the end of combat, we found quick and efficient ways of dealing with this rogue band from... Uh, uh, from our allies, only to discover that after we effectively cased them inside of stone, we were well over our heads and way above our pay grade for dealing with what was inside of the city. As mammoth creatures from planes beyond our reckoning managed to start forming a massive uh, circular sigil inside of the middle of the city, calling forth a creature dressed in white robes. As we made our way out of this horror-filled land and uh, got back aboard the Candelabra, we discovered ourselves aboard a... Well, we discovered ourselves uh, brought to a mysterious island that seemed to float out of nowhere, whereupon uh, we uh, left behind one of our uh, valued uh, party members to undergo teachings from a strange turtle monk. Hell yeah. You basically hit all the points just to stretch out the uh, the point uh, knees uh, there. Uh, Bloodhound gnomish friend uh, stayed behind to undergo teachings from the strange turtle as he dived forth into the waters discovering that this island is carried by uh, Gareth the orange dragon himself. Um, the Adainaul set sail towards Blackmere. We'll, uh, we catch up with our party. It is a two-day journey from Farhaven to Blackmere. During this two-day two day, uh, journey, we find Beckett uh, tinkering away uh, with potions in her room. Beckett, you're you know, muddling away, uh, kind of 
drifting off into space, just kind of thinking about nothing and thinking about everything at the same time. And suddenly you're, you're hit with an epiphany. You, you, uh, you dig through your, your bag and pull out the, uh, the, the vial of crystalline waters from the Lake of Memories from uh, the Aether Wilds. Um, you uh, take out the, uh, the stopper and pull out a small dropper and take a few uh, drips of the crystalline water out and you place it into its a separate sample tube. You you uh, begin to get get to work uh, mixing through uh, mixing a few ingredients, um, and and then you surge uh, the sample with a little bit of magic to turn it into mist. As you you spritz it into the air, it it smells oddly sweet. It's something you know. Uh, you stop and think for a moment, and then it hits you. It's dad's home-cooked donuts. Uh, you, uh, you, you see the mist uh, slowly drift through the air, and, and you swear you catch a glimpse of your childhood home. You pull out your notebook and begin to theorize, and after a while of work, you are confident that you know what the water can do. I'll give you the choice. Do you want me to send you what it is, or would you like me to say it out loud? Um, you can say it out loud. Okay. This is a vial of prophetic memory. The waters of the Lake of Memory allows a drinker a vision to a question they seek of past, present, and future. But you also know that you have one usage of this. That's it. You, there's, there's no more recreation. You don't foresee a way back to the Aether Wilds, except through death. So. Okay. During this two-day journey, is there anything else that the Ade Naul get up to aboard the Candelabra as they sail towards the city of Blackmere? I am going to just go into my room with Peter and meditate for eight hours. And then just, um, and then after that rest, um i'm gonna just like before i rest i would just uh just dive into the water uh and wild shaping into a dolphin and just taking a swim around just seeing just looking around seeing if there's anything of note Staying close to, staying relatively close to the ship, of course, in case any danger comes around. Mm-hmm. You, uh, by the way, anyone damaged, you will take a, a long rest uh, during these two-day journey and heal back up to full health. Um, 
Jesus, we're on episode 57, and I just forgot your character's name. What the fuck? Yonatan, you uh, diving into the waters below, uh, polymorphing into... Sorry, frog in my throat. Um, me diving into the water, uh, polymorphing into a dolphin. Take a swim around, and uh, you kind of uh, you sail along uh, the shallower end of the sea before uh, it drops off into the deeper end of the boundless seas. Um, nothing too noteworthy, but as you you swim around. Uh, the candelabra, you just you just feel that just a, a calm sensation of freedom. You, you take a dip and swim around for, for an hour or two and climb back aboard the candelabra. Anyone else get up to anything interesting or exciting? I'd like Hello. to... Oh. Go ahead. Go first. I was just going to say, Kaldorm does a uh, little inventory check to see um, how much ammo he has, and then goes to his desk and starts working on some uh, um, sculptures. Uh, what are you carving this time? I'm going to create a sculpture of knees. All right. Uh, um, Alistair. I'd like to, uh, actually, uh, make my way below deck and knock on, uh, uh, knock on Beckett's door. You hear a soft... Ooh. All right, go Sorry. on. <laughs> Beckett. Uh, when we have a few days at sea, I, uh, I'd like to request a collaborative effort between the two of us for, uh, ensuring some additional profits for when we get to a market. Okay. I'd need you to prepare two spells, and, uh, if you don't mind, I'd appreciate if we uh, maintain this this arrangement as one of reasonable discretion, because I feel as though it would be rather uh, unsavory to the members of the crew as a whole. Okay. What do you need from me? <laughs> if you could prepare the spell Circle of Protection from Good. Okay. And, and also... Dimensional Anchor. You might recall that these were some of the spells that we used with regards in the past. Yeah. Not, I do not have any intention of playing with the Ific forces, okay. but they are two-thirds of the spells necessary for calling up 
outsiders as a whole. And right. that's what I intend to employ. As long as we are not hurting anybody and we are not calling anybody who we don't really want to talk to at the moment, I am okay with that. If I'm being honest with you, I'm still debating whether I should try calling a djinn or a lantern archon. It really depends on the materials that I have at the time when we get back onto the ship next time for a good long sail. As long as it's not the poison or Jeshima, I'm happy. <laughs> okay. Very good. And with that, I'll make my way back up to the uh, deck in order to uh, back to the helm. <clears throat> I'll start preparing those spells, I guess. While we're sitting here. All right. All righty. It's my turn. It's your turn. Um. Okay, so on the first night after um what do you call it? after we leave the uh the dragon island um where did we set Gwen up i don't know if he does much sleeping but where did we set him up uh Gwen and milo have taken over milo's room Gwen and milo has taken over knees's room oh yeah i guess he's a blood which has uh magically transitioned into a, a sort of um, overflow bunking with a few extra um, hammocks and, and chests for when you have guests aboard. Okay. Um... But uh, I think if you want to find him to speak to him, you'd find him meditating on the, uh, on the front of the ship. Oh, good. That's where I was headed anyways. Um... So I'll go uh, from my room, I'll go knock on their room, and then um, I'd say Milo will just kind of like direct me, that say that he's probably out there or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then I will um, head out to the, what is that, the bow, the front? I don't know. I feel like yeah. that's the bow. Yeah, I'll, I'll head to the bow ship and be like, uh, uh, excuse me, Gwen. Tilvin, how can I help you? Um, I was hoping you could shed some light on a situation that I was recently informed about. Um, as I understand it, you were you were there when they um. When they killed my grandfather. It was a moonless sign. Can you tell me exactly what happened? Like the why and the... And the who sent you? Like, I just... I, I just want to know what happened. Okay, was sent to vision. Um, we acted too late. And I think 
we felt that we didn't walk want to walk away empty-handed so we Roll me a uh, diplomacy check. Yeah, uh, just so you know, like, I, I, I really should have mentioned it, but I plan to. Um, I have uh, a coming out, just because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to read him or anything. Uh, I have the wand in my hand to help me for skill checks. All right. But, um, so that will be... Um, I, I Well, I have the wand, but I'm still going to use that. There we go. That's uh, like a um, 38. We were desperate, less experienced. It was a darker time back then. Safiri had a vision from his patron god Anghor vision of a mighty warrior person who I'm, I'm whom I'm looking at Tobin's gonna kind of look at him for like perplexed you have to understand I'm my Younger years were spent stalking the streets at night and hunting down criminals. It wasn't in a church. It wasn't. I don't consider myself a holy one. I've made mistakes. There were. Complications, reasons why we heralds hold resentment towards our own patrons. I'm sorry. So both Kay and Safiri had some sort of vision that led them to Veilbridge? Well, Ragnar had sent Kay a vision, um, a way we could seal Jeshima the first time. Right. And... The reason you're still standing is because Safiri was blessed with a vision from Anghor. Even when you were an infant, Anghor respected you. And so we listened. 
So, so is that same night that my grandfather was killed then the same night that Jeshima was sealed away for the first time? It was within the same time period. I just... Why? Like, what, what, what do you mean time period? Within the, the, the relative few days oh, okay. of that night and her being sealed. So, as I've... So, then, my grandfather, was he trying to protect her, not as the demigod of darkness, but as my, as his son's lover? Is that why he died? He died protecting you. Tobin, we went in there with the intent to kill you. Seven o'clock. For, uh, for being the spawn of Jeshima. For bearing her heart. Right. That damn trickster. It just kind of like uh, referring to uh, Osiris. I wasn't sure how serious he was about that. He kind of subconsciously strokes his ear. <laughs> um... Gwen, can I ask you who who did it? Who delivered the final blow? Does no one make you feel better? No, I fear it'll only make me feel worse, but I can't uh, stop myself from asking. I think out of all the wounds we've suffered, K still hurts the worst. He he's lost a lot. As young and inexperienced as I am, I I can see it in his eyes. They're tired. More so than even you and Safiri. When we all awoke again as, as heralds, the resurrection process wasn't perfect. Everybody lost something 
Tobin, I haven't slept in 500 years. Safiri can no longer taste or find nourishment. No longer enjoys the spoils of a hunt. Kay lost so much more when he came back. Coming back is his punishment. How is that his punishment? How's that any Kay had something he had never found in his entire existence. He felt it for a moment. Peace. He could finally hang up his weapon and rest his eye for a moment. And it was ripped away from him. And he woke up to the corpse of his best friend in his arms. He's angry. He was desperate. And we can't change what happened. Right. Um, Tobin's gonna go to turn away, and you can see Gwen can see him kind of like wipe his hand across his face as he goes, um, "Good night, then." He just doesn't respond and. Silently shakes his head to himself and returns to his meditative state. <clears throat> yeah, tell him to just uh, go back to his room and um, lay, uh, lay there, staring at his ceiling until. Um, the exhaustion of the battle before uh, eventually catches up to him. And he finds uh, sleep. Not necessarily restful sleep, but sleep nonetheless. Um, does anyone else take any, uh, do anything during this journey, or... Do we find ourselves uh, at the ports of Blackmere? Uh, I will uh, at one point make my way to Beckett's room. Damn, Beckett's popular. Beckett, the talk of yeah. the town. Beckett, hang out. you hear a soft knock at your door. Alistair? Nope, it's me. Oh, what are you doing here? Uh, I got a wicked slash on my back in the last fight. Don't think it's healing too well. Do you mind stitching it up for me? Wait, how long ago was this? 
couple days, right? And you're just telling. Uh, I'll I'll say that? I'll say it's on on the first day of your journey. And so, yeah, it, like you've Not just been dealing with it like. from you've been dealing with it from you left uh, Farhaven to uh, during the uh, the Island of Slumber, and then the 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 day out. So you've been you've been probably a day and a half, yeah. And you're just telling me about this now? Okay. Well, I thought it would heal faster, but I guess not. No, things don't heal on their own. Okay, come here, sit down. All right. My stuff to do my stuff. (laughs) Okay, um, I lift up the back of his shirt. I hope it doesn't bite me. <laughs> this scrape looks nasty. Oh, for fuck's sakes, we're going. <laughs> I've taken worse. I thought it would heal f- like the other ones, but I guess not. Okay. Can looking at it, do I think I looking at it, I want to see if I can determine whether or not I can do anything physically? Oh yeah. No, you yeah. Okay. You've dealt with you've dealt with with uh, injuries worse than this. This okay. this is a, a cakewalk. It looks nasty, but clean it, stitch it. You know, spritz some uh, healing potion in there to activate the white blood cells, and cool. bing bang boom, and you know, a half a day's of rest, and you'll be red as rain. Cool. Next time, don't wait a day and a half. Well, I'll call you stupid, but I won't. Be mad at you. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Do not wait a day and a half next time. Please. I'm begging you. Yeah, fair. Any other ones I need to know about? Are any other of the blows I took from the fight still like as bad as that one? Or? The those cuts are not as deep. You a couple bruises, nothing. A couple of days rest won't won't solve. No, Just I mainly that one part. on your on your back that was that was really uh, bothering you. No, I think I'm good. I think it was just the one on the back. Okay. If it gets worse, Thank you. come back, please. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I leave. All right. I'm uh, going to stop by Tobin to uh, ask to have a moment of his time. <clears throat> um Yeah, sure. Come come in. I'll invite you into my room. I need to borrow the rod for a minute. I'm working on a joint project. Oh, um, yeah, sure. I'm not using it. Uh, Fish fish around in my bag and uh, not seeing it there. I'll be like, oh, right. I was uh, using it last night and then kind of go into the box with my armor and pull it out from there. Yeah, here. Perfect. Delightful. All right. And uh, I'm going to be on my way then. All right. Uh, Good luck. And I head over to visit Beckett. 
turn uh, turn down the hallway of, uh, two doors down and uh, enter uh, take a knock on uh, Beckett's door Beckett hears a soft knock once again at her door and she oh. at this point goes oh my god is this oh, Golan, I swear to god <laughs> I do hope I'm not interrupting a event oh you know what? I just mixed you and Orgolan up a few minutes ago, but welcome back. <laughs> was, the, was it that dark? I just am uh, very unaware of my surroundings. How can I uh, help you? <laughs> I'm ready to start the ritual at your leisure. Okay. Um, quick question for rules lawyers. How long do I need to prepare a spell for? Just do it in the morning, like after a long rest. So second day you can. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You prepare. You prepare your spells after eight hours of rest. Cool. Um, I've just started preparing those spells, so I should be ready. I mean, I think we assume it's like time. the second day by now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. We'll we'll say your first conversation was on the first day, and then second conversation on the second day. Okay. Um, I should be ready by the morning. Perfect. All right. Uh, when you're preparing for, uh, for, uh, the, uh, for the dimensional anchor and the, uh, the, uh, the circle, uh, I've brought along this rod. It should help keep you inspired for the spellcraft check to make sure that everything stays anchored down. <laughs> We're going to Why need it inward facing. that me sound nervous? <laughs> well, give it as insurance to make sure that nothing breaks free. Oh god, okay. Okay. I may or may not be summoning someone up that uh, probably won't appreciate the uh, the state of offer that I intend on providing, and so they might try to break free. Can I ask who we're calling? I'm hoping to call up a form of genie so that way I can use it to summon up a whole bunch of plant-based material that we can use it for reselling. <laughs> We're effectively turning into spice traders on this <laughs> vessel. Okay. Not the worst idea but I've heard. It, nice. it will at least provide us some useful funding and a good cover story in the event that we're dealing with unscrupulous forces. I was thinking about uh, trying to bring up some pepper and nutmeg. You know, this yeah. this bad boy, this candelabra, can make the castle run in like 12 parsecs. Because we probably could do a lot worse than having a good cover story available at our leisure. Yes. That it's the card all over not... again. And Really, who's going to argue about the fact that we have additional seasonings available for our diet? Yes. I did not realize that genies were so violent, though, so that makes me a little uh, nervous. Well, I mean, just because they're not known to be violent doesn't mean that they're going to take well to the fact that throughout the entire immortal duration of their time, I'm trying to take up four days of their life. And, yes... It is a thing of they have the entire duration of eternity, but 
they still probably are going to appreciate being pulled away if they were in the middle of doing something important, like baking a souffle. Just a, um... <laughs> just a little thing. If it's gonna take four days and you have to, like, actively watch it, you probably shouldn't do it now. Because we've definitely gotta go, like, talk to everybody about, no, yeah. like, what's going on sooner rather than later. Once we begin the ritual, once we've struck a deal with them, it's fine. Oh. But the, it's just a matter of yeah. until negotiating deal, <laughs> until our negotiations are complete, it's a matter of them being rather uh, rather more volatile. Once once the terms of the arrangement are set, then they are bound to it as thoroughly as chain and steel. And then they'll be popped back to whatever plane of existence that they came from originally at the end of the four days of service. Or I can break them from the requirement early. But yes, so feel free to take good care of the rod and uh, make sure to use it for all of your knowledge with regards to spellcraft uh, when it is necessary to bind the uh, the circle. Okay. Thank you. All right. And with that, I'll head back up to the helm for when we're ready to have the spells prepared. So, do you plan on having this conversation now on your journey to Blackmere? While we're still en route, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just next day, and, uh, Back at uh, probably around ten o'clock in the morning, you uh, you hear a, a soft knock at your door. If this is Alistair or Ogolan again, <laughs> I'm that? sorry that I'm imposing. <laughs> How can I help you? <laughs> uh, I was wondering if we could begin the ritual. Right, I'm gonna gather all my things and head towards my door. Excellent. So we're going to need about a five foot by five foot circle. Okay. Prepared as a magic circle against good in this case. Uh, so, uh, where do you guys, uh, do this ritual? Are you guys planning to do it away from the party? Like, you, uh, head down to the, the lower cargo level, or? We could do it in my room. Okay. Beckett, uh, begins, uh, to prepare. Uh, and uh, cast both spells. Is there any uh, rolling necessary involved? Uh, there will be a uh, spellcraft check involved in order to uh, basically strengthen the circle. Uh, it's basically just used to make it more difficult to resist in the event of for whatever reason, someone tripping the uh, the runes or the creature having spell resistance or trying to break free. 
Uh, does that rod give me any bonuses? I'm assuming no. Plus 20. Yeah, that's the whole point. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll have to give that back to Tobin later. Of course. Yeah. As much as I would love to keep this, it is Tobin. I do understand that. Okay, I got a 38 for Spellcraft. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. It strengthens the circle of good and anchors the anchor. All right. I'm going to charge a temporary wand of uh, from the uh, demonologist spell list, Planar Binding, allowing creatures up to, I believe it's uh, 10 hit die to be summoned. I'm just going to use it for a uh, a seven hit die uh, gin. And to do that, I'm going to need to make... think genie, but more realistic. <laughs> it's basically yeah. a gin, uh, as in more realistic, as in like strong magic being, not nice blue dude that helps out Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to need to make a quick UMD check to make sure that I succeed in creating a spell storing wand. And with my use magic device check, that brings 18, 19, 20. That is a 35, so that should work. Yeah, that, that will absolutely work. Uh, I'm going to then go ahead and try to cast the spell in order to summon with uh, planar binding the poor djinn into my circle. So... That is an 11 plus 17 plus 2 plus 2. Yeah, that should be a 32. So that should work. And you're, you're casting this from a wand? Yes. A yeah. caster level 4 uh, demonologist spell list. Yeah, you uh, wave the wand and, and mutter in some incantations as you see a uh, kind of a lime green gaseous uh, air begin to emit from the tip of the wand as it flows into the circle of uh, protection from good and takes form of kind of like a, 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 a lime, plump lime green ghostly woman with like flowing magenta hair that's kind of just flowing to nowhere from nothing as uh, so she's got plump uh like really plump cheeks with like a like a reddish like uh hue she uh uh kind of takes form spatula in hand as she goes oh my Good morning, ma'am. What just happened? 
I was I'm... making an omelet. Who calls me at this hour? Well, tragic. I'm afraid that uh, the or the omelet is going to be a lesser concern. I'm here to let you know that I've called upon your aid for about four days. Four days? I have my book reading this week. Well, mm -hmm. I do apologize. This ball anyways. Who are, who are you? Why should I help you? My name is Alistair Greycliffe, and I'm afraid that at this time, the only concern that we truly have is that you will be serving me in the production of assorted uh, vegetable matter for the next four days. If serving you? Vegetables? What? Well, I'm... I am not opposed to the additional meal, but no, I'm uh, I'm quite interested inside of your skills as a jinn, specifically the ones of being able to uh, uh, create matter in the form of assorted plants and other creatures or other specimens. Well, I do. I am known to grow a few roses in my time. Yes. Well, in this time. I am more interested inside of the ability for you to conjure for me spices and other uh, such matters of trade goods. Spices? Why? Oh, yes. I haven't got the time. Well, I'm afraid that currently, as you'll find the circle, you are entirely unable to escape. And feel free to try to planer or to plane shift your way out. But I think that there will be a little bit of an issue with regards to the uh, dimensional anchor that we set down. So, you have a choice. You can heed my request, and we can make this entirely a much more pleasant matter, or you can simply uh, sit there bored for the next four days with a circle. Would you well, like that to... isn't very nice. Could you make me I... an intimidation check? Actually, uh, believe it or not, this uh, this argument is handled inside of the uh, inside of the rules as a post charisma check. I don't know. Your words sound a little bit more threatening and less dealy. So I'm gonna. I think I would pin it under an intimidation check. But I would give it to you for advantage because you are in a position of power over the genie. Okay. So I will give you intimidation with advantage. All right. Okay, that is an 18 my part. Well, that isn't very nice. I'm afraid that... Um, could there be good. a return of investment on my um, efforts? What kind of return of investment are you interested in? Mm. We're willing to make a deal, are we? Well, you didn't have to come I'm... in threatening me in the conversation. Now I'm less willing to help you. I'm willing to listen, but I do not guarantee that I will 
follow blindly any deal that is going to come up, especially if it works against my end goals. Well, then I won't do it. Well, very well, then. You can stay in there for the next four days of boredom. But I guarantee you that that egg is going to be inside of quite the shape, assuming that, you know, you have no particular care about going back to your home plane in order to keep your home from burning down. But, you know, it's up to you. (laughs) Well, it seems that you're the one providing the spice in this conversation. Do we have a deal? Oh my, I'm sure that egg is getting quite dark by now. Fine, fine. <laughs> Have your spice. Very good. <laughs> then, for the first day, all that will require is your ability to conjure up seven cubic feet of nutmeg. And <laughs> after that, you can certainly feel free to plane shift home as long as you return back tomorrow. You're not a nice person. I am a businessman. I make deals. This might be a little bit more like extortion, but that's okay. Actually, it's more like uh, legalized magical slavery, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Legalized? <laughs> Is it? Ain't no law on the sea. We're in international waters, baby. <laughs> I... Delightful. Let me go home and finish my egg first. Very well. That is my deal. Very well. And thirty seconds later, <sighs> all right. What do you want? Seven cubic feet of nutmeg, and that's the end of it for today. Uh, here, I understand that now? you're capable of producing seven cubic feet of any vegetable matter permanently, as her major creation. And I'm only interested in thought of the ability to conjure some spice at this time. So as soon as that, you're done for the day. Right. Snaps the finger as you see uh, the, the wood of the deck begin to uh, grow small plants on it as as uh, uh, branches kind of uh, grow out for a moment as it kind of goes through uh, uh, like a rapid pace of maturing process as the plants uh, fade away as the uh, readied uh, spice 
falls to the ground and co- covers the uh, the uh, the floor in the needed spice. Magnificent. Lovely working with you, madam. I shall see you tomorrow, I hope. Oh, this feels like having a job. Tragic. Immortal <laughs> beings that are completely incapable of having a job for four days out of an immortal eternity. This is morally unethical. <laughs> and this is why I called upon your assistance for the discretion. Meg is just standing in the corner just like trying not to laugh. <laughs> Certainly. Feel free to uh, to take a fair share of the goods from this endeavor. I'm sure that it will be a lovely arrangement for the next few days and uh, take your cut. Wow. Yeah, I was not <laughs> expecting that one, guys. That happened. Nutmeg! Nutmeg! <laughs> I, I I was debating on walking in and going, oh, do I get three wishes too? <laughs> Just to be a dick. <laughs> I would like to do something as well. Alright, this is the last thing, and then you, you guys make it into porn. I'm gonna have a go conversation with our boy Milo. Um, you walk towards, uh, the formerly Nisa's chamber, now the, uh, the nameplate on it says, uh, guest room. As you, uh, knock on it. Uh, what? Hi, buddy. How's it going? It was better a few minutes ago. Hi. Can I come in? You're already there, I guess. Jonathan just kind of shyly and gingerly opens the door, steps in, and then immediately shuts it. Hey, man. Uh, I just, uh, I just wanted to check in on you and see how you're holding up. I know it's been a rough couple of days for you, given <clears throat> everything that's happened on Farhaven. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. What do you want? I'm just checking in on my buddy. I mean, we're working together, right? Teammates got to be there for each other. Look, Yamatin, I don't... Oh, be nice, be nice, be nice. I don't... Uh, I don't want to hear about fucking teammates right now, dude. Can you, can you just leave me alone? 
How about no? Come on. Let's go for a walk on the deck. It'll be fun. No, I'm doing stuff. What kind of stuff? Dude, Milo's gonna smite this guy. <laughs> you sound like Kay. <laughs> I'm doing me stuff. I'm. I'm writing my journal. Oh, okay. Well, why didn't you say so? Don't tell Beckett. She thinks I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> can I do can, can I sense motive? I'd yeah, like go for it. Nat 20, baby. What? <laughs> so what a waste. You really didn't need a sense motive for that. <laughs> fun all yeah, fun nonetheless. He's so honest and genuine right now. That is like the one moment he's ever let his guard down in any conversation that he's had with with your group. It was that one sentence before he tightens back up and goes, So can you Yeah. Of course, man. Your your secret's safe with me. I don't say fucking secret. It makes it sound weird. Just go away. Yeah. In the hallway, like a schoolboy, just running towards Beckett's room. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be weird if you don't want it to be. You know, like half mechanical or full mechanical or not i mean i think you're a pretty cool dude and i'm pretty lucky to have you along on my journey so you know i just i feel like getting to know you a bit more would be good for both of us Thanks. And like not being assholes to each other. Uh from um, from the deck Tobin's gonna um peek his like just open the door down to like the da downstairs hall and be like Blackbeard or Black Mirror Ahoy. <laughs> well, uh seems I have to go and operate the sales now. Um so tell you what, I am going to go and then you can talk to me or whatever you want anytime. This <laughs> is hilarious. How does that sound? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um good talk as he's kind of during this conversation just kind of shuffling you out of the door and he says good talk and just kind of closes the door on you Jonathan just his shout Peter says hi by the way Jonathan sales I'm out of here give me a second 
Sam. As Yonatan is just gonna freaking bolt up the stairs and go man the sails. Gotta wrap those things up. Don't want to crash into the port. Which is where we're gonna call our first break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, I thought for sure Milo was gonna stab him for a bit, and then that was a great. You did great. That was amazing. We'll see you soon. <laughs> is 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 it's that our over. first like actual role play session where everyone is actually like involved in something? I know. I yeah. Uh, like yeah. I know. I wanted it to is. do talk to Wayne right away, but and you guys it only took almost sixty fucking episodes. <laughs> you guys all came up with something to do, and that's great. It was but, awesome. You guys I are mean, incredible. Mine, <laughs> mine was the most minor, but I meme of the week like, right there. But you still did something. <laughs> yeah, like you took that effort. It was literally your character to a fucking T. Yeah. That, a day yeah. later, <laughs> begrudgingly <laughs> going to the one person you're not a huge fan of the in the group to be like, "I'm in pain." Oh. Ow. <laughs> like, that was great. That was hilarious. I couldn't walk uh, this I one off, that, Doc. That genie thing was way out of left field. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. But uh, extra planar slave trade. That was that was fun. Um, now we see how Greycliff Industries acquired its wealth. Well, like <laughs> I said, oh god, yeah. Produce any plant material. You see, like, we have a good amount of money now, but that's because we boy. saved the, the Emperor. You just <laughs> slave trade fucking genies. <laughs> For four days. Out of a literal eternity. Yeah. Alright, uh, I will call the break. I will actually pause it now. That was all funny, so I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. When is the color red in the past tense? While you... you're reading it. That's what I was literally going to say when you read it. You didn't even give me a chance. I was so close to greatness. And <laughs> you stole it from me. You swooped yeah. the rug right out from under me. And now nobody will ever believe me. I guess I West... can show you the floor. I... Hey, James, I guess Wes stole your thunder wave. Eh. Valiant effort. <laughs> the candelabra is slowly guided through the fog into the port of Blackmere. You all feel a sigh of relief seeing the bubbling arcane town of Blackmere, a place you and your friends have found refuge like so many other mages. The downtown itself, like a magical multicultural mall, the street is full of people of all shapes and sizes shopping at all kinds of exotic magic stores, apothecaries, pet stores, weapons, and armories of all types. As you guys uh, offload off of the uh, the candelabra and uh, it into into its bottle, make your way into the town. The air feels different. People look at you not as an anomaly, but with welcoming smiles. Tobin's new armor even catches a few eyes. Uh, as you begin to uh, turn down and make your way down uh, the main strip, you see a, uh, a familiar half-elf in a beige tunic and a sun hat 
you see Mr. Manning, the postman, uh, smiling as he makes eye contact with you and approaches. Hello again. I got another letter for you. I'm looking for uh, Mr. Greycliffe. Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Manning uh, hands you uh, a small letter. Well, lovely to get see you again. Cheerio! Just walks his way off through the crowd and, and disappears among the many, many people crowding the streets. Uh, uh, Alistair, as you look upon the letter, uh, in big, bold uh, text, you see uh, the acronym uh, RAID, R-A-I-D-E, Limited, which Alistair knows to be the Royal Automation in- Industries of the Darian Empire. Uh, a bright red wax seal uh, is on the back of the envelope bearing the new Darian royal stamp, which can only be found on mail of high importance to the crown and country. Uh, old engineering matters, I'm sure. Dear Alistair Greycliffe of Greycliffe Industries, greetings. I hope this letter finds you well. I am writing on behalf of the Royal Automation Industries of the Darian Empire. I am writing in regards to the matrix you developed in our Generation 2 Titan mechs, employed in our Darian Vanguardian forces. We've had a few incidents, and our engineers and technicians cannot debug the issue. To be more specific, as you know, the mechs are operated by the pilots, only using the matrix to keep all the, running, uh, all the systems running properly. The mechs seem to be acting on their own accord and lashing out against our pilots, engineers, and civilians. And our diagnostic found that it could be caused by a malfunction in the matrix. If you could find time in your schedule to help us, we could be found in Western Eris in the Raid Plant Building 4. Many thanks, Elis Finnegan, Head Engineer at Raid Limited. And then at the bottom, there's a, a small banner that says, Raid Limited is a division of the Hatchco family. Consulting gig. Nice. Dude. Where? Uh, Raid Industries. Part of Patchco. Oh. Um... They're, uh, they're contacting me because of the uh, old engineering design that I did when I was barely out of school. I, uh, I did a little bit of uh, side work that way, and I created a uh, a form of power system for them. And uh, it seems as though now there's uh, some question in regards to uh, its consistent use. Uh, wait, what exactly did you design for them? Uh, basically a power drive for... Uh, for a large mechanical structure for operations of individual pilots, oh. basically think a think a pileable golem. Oh, I see. And what's what's happening with them? What's wrong with them? Oh uh, well, this is though maybe they've lost my initial specifications that I wrote out, or 
maybe they've uh, altered the Matrix in some way, but um, I have a feeling that they've realized that the Matrix that I'm using is running on elementals. Hmm. I mean, most of them are fairly low elementals. They're like the equivalent of like a elemental squirrel, but some of the larger models I might have given a little bit more oomph to, and now so what, they're... they're uh, yeah, they're displaying sentience and acting up. Well, uh, well that... I mean, it's the same with, like, for example, clay golems. They eventually go nuts. Same with fleshed golems. I mean, they eventually go nuts. Are we sure that doesn't have anything to do with what we saw with um, the Sanguicythes, how they were being controlled by, um, what's his fucking name? Someone help me out here. Big old, big old blood god. Well, the Sanguicythes were made by the Forge Master. Well, I just think it's um, an odd coincidence that these things start... Uh, like, I'm sure you understand the engineering better than I do, but I just find it odd that they seem to be malfunctioning right after we see um, the sanguicides being controlled by um, by the dude. Volnar. That's the one. That's the one. I knew it started with the oh, V, but guys, I, I said no. silent. I was hoping one of you. I know, I, 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 because I just kept thinking Valdenoid because you know, like, uh, or like yeah. Baldoon, and I just, I couldn't. I knew it was wrong. I knew that was the like the race of Calduin's people's yeah. like kind of descendants. I just talking to the other you guys. Yeah. Um, tisk tisk. Anyways, just seems odd. Oh well. I mean, it's something that. We can hypothesize all day until eventually I get around to visiting and seeing if I can get to the root of it. Right. Like I said, an engineering design that I did when I barely left the academies. <laughs> I see. Uh, I'm amazed that they haven't actually upgraded or altered it to something more applicable. I mean, it's been years. <laughs> Tobin's going to chuckle. Just like, it, it's the government. They're not going to replace it if it works. Doesn't matter how dated it is. Um, anyways, we should probably make our way to the manor. All right. Unless anybody has any business in town. I do need some steel at some point, but that can be another day. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll start heading towards the manor, I guess, then. You, uh, gonna walk your way down the main strip towards the Vampire Hill Manor. Uh, you pass by, uh, your old friend, old friend's shop, Creaky's Cranky Dings. As, uh, unfortunately, the, the urgency of your matter, uh, kind of overcame your, your, uh, need to, to go and stop in. But as you, you look towards the shop, you see all the lights are off. Yeah, that's odd. It doesn't um, seem like Kiriki's open, which is... It's always open. 
you stop for a moment to inspect it. You see in big arcane lettering, you see uh, closed on the, uh, written on the window. You see a piece of parchment on the door. Oh. It says, close for now. Apologies, Mr. Kariki. Hmm. I hope he's all right. I owed him some thanks for the uh, for the uh, for the bracer. Yeah, been very serviceable. Definitely. Hmm. Well, hopefully next time we're here, he'll he'll uh, be in and we can chat with him. You all head towards the Vampire Hill Manor on the far side of the island, burdened with the somewhat heavy news uh, that you were delivering to Kay on the, the uh, unfortunate circumstance that you could not retrieve his blood's <clears throat> blood had hounds. <laughs> uh, you walk down the forest road and through the, uh, the small ghost town of Graveyard and up towards uh, the Vampire Hill Manor on the top of the hill. You uh, step onto the porch and see the the uh, the large set of double doors swung wide open, uh, with a note posted uh, posted on the door uh, saying, uh, "For guests to make their way towards the great hall." Self-service entrance. And like, so like, was it? It was already open when we got there, or like, it swung right yeah, open? Yeah, the okay. door was already right, uh, already wide open with the note saying to go to the great hall. Well, I suppose we know where to go. Uh, I guess we'll make our way to the Great Hall. You walk down a few uh, hallways towards the uh, the set of double doors that leads to uh, the Great Hall. Do you uh, press them open and uh, as it leads into the the familiar grand chamber with the with the set of uh, balconies overhead the uh, the large uh, slim dining table running up the center of the room with dining chairs uh, surrounding it uh, the table is um, filled with delicious smelling foods and, and wines and breads and cheeses and you know all the home cooked meals you've you've missed over uh, the several days of, of rations that you've been eating. Uh, sitting at the he head of the table is the familiar catfolk K, wearing his lore keeper robe over his leather jacket. Uh, next to him on the left is Vidal, wearing a, um, a kind of a, a tight fitting a white dress uh, with with gold trimming. Uh, with her lore keeper robe uh, over top of that. Uh, beside her is a small gnome man in a pale purple suit. You see uh, Mr. Kariki uh, sits ha happily drinking wine and chatting to Videla and Kay. To Kay's right, you see the, the blood-stained white dog folk, Sefiri, wearing a leather vest. See his hammer is, is uh, uh, leaning beside his chair. As uh, seeing the door swing open, uh, Kay leaps from his chair and smiles. But as you all file in, it it, it fades. Quain slowly closing the door behind you. 
K sinks back into his chair and buries his hand, uh, buries his head into his hands. Fidel uh, leans forward and rubs his back and whispers in his ear as she uh, stands up and approaches your group. Well, aren't you a sight for sore eyes? She smiles softly. It is good to see you all reunited once more. Sir Gwen, it is an honor, as always. The honor is all mine, Lady of the Light. Gwen bows. Enough of the formalities. Are you okay? Come, sit, eat. Tell us everything. She waves you towards the table. Uh, first, I... Uh, uh, Gwen kind of ushers uh, Kay towards uh, Vidal. He's like, I need to check on our friend to make sure he's going to be all right. Uh, hearing Milo's name, Kay's head uh, perks up. You see he sits back in his chair and takes a deep breath and puts on a smile as he stands. Hey, guys. It's good to see you again. Likewise. Pleasure. Enough with the jabber. Enough with the jabber. We have much to discuss. The fear growls. <laughs> Patience. We must welcome our guests to make sure they are well fed. Sit. Eat. Have a bite. So I'll file your way towards the table. Yeah. Um, when Tobin sits down, despite all the um, food around, he'll just kind of absentmindedly chew on a few pieces of Sanskrit. Uh, you and Calduin sit next to each other as he kind of uh, uh, discreetly hands you a few strips of dried Sanskrit as you munch away at it. Well, Safiri is brash, but he has a point. We have much to talk about. You see Kay sprinkle uh, golden dust into, a pi in, into his pipe and light it. I see Gwen take a seat uh, next to Safiri. Old friend? Gwen. You see, as, as you all enter the room, you see Mr. Kuriki kind of look around excitedly and then kind of shrink into his seat a little bit with, uh, with a worried expression on his face. Um, Noticing that, I'll kind of like peek over. He's, uh, knees is safe, but he's uh, not with us anymore. Um, it will all be explained. Okay. Okay, uh, takes a puff of his pipe. Well, let's start with an easy one. Calduin, it's good to see you again. I just nod. What was that? He just nods. Oh, okay. Where did you go? What happened? We couldn't scry on you or anything. I was taken to some 
island that was my real home, the birthplace of my people. Everything's a little, still a little hazy. I wasn't treated well. What happened when you guys entered the island? We we lost any any track of you as soon as you entered that storm. It's yeah. It turns out the storm is a uh, form of anti-scrying barrier as they they didn't want anybody to to know what they were up to in there and um and tobin just kind of like staring at the table as he's saying this i would advise against travel by sea i uh unless you're particularly fond of really large calamari uh, who's they well, they called themselves the Vanglorious X. The Vanglorious X. It's, uh, everybody, you could hope it wouldn't be. Um, did we ever like catch Arrowim's name, or did we just like see him as this dude here? Um, you might have caught his name. Okay. Um, well, Zodak, naturally. Uh, Chandra, was that the Red Dragon? Yep. And, uh, was it Lazarus, the other one? Yep. Lazarus. <clears throat> Volnar himself. Um. Who? Yeah, you see, uh, Gwen lean forward and stroke his his blonde beard. It was him who asked who. Yeah, <clears throat> a god more ancient than even the three that you all serve. As I kind of look at the look at the three of the heralds, but not um, meeting any of their eyes. Um, supposedly, some sort of blood god. Uh, can't say we know the most about him, but that's what we were told. Um, okay, who am I missing? I got Chandra, Zodak, Volnar. You got the dragons, you got Volnar, you're just missing Volnar's heretics. Yeah, then as the blood god, he himself has not... The same as you. What do we? What do we call them? What the fuck's their name? They're the good version of heretics. Heralds. Heralds. Um, rather than heralds, heretics. Ah, uh, six, six, six. <laughs> um, they. The the poison. The um. Solomon, that was his name, right? Yeah. And a um another blood hunter named um Arrowim. 
I can't hear you. You see Kay, Kay's whole body kind of tense when you say that name. Uh, Gwen strokes the uh, <clears throat> symbol of Paylor on his chest. Volnar is, is worrying. Uh, I was not aware there was another god. Not I, to mention. Go on. Yeah. Um, not to mention that bastard necromancer Amarath as well. Yeah, that's right. Our... Yes, I forgot you mentioned he, he turned. They sat us down um, and tried to strike some sort of deal with us. They wanted to offer us the power to kill a god in exchange for one of our souls after death, as well as as well as helping them essentially overthrow the current gods and take power for themselves. It seems that's their plan. You see, uh, Kay places pipe down on the table as he reaches up towards uh, the gold earring on his one um, fully intact ear. So he takes the pin out and as he holds the ring in his hand it grows to a full size uh, also Viking helmet made entirely of gold. You see uh, on the front it has uh, like uh, scales uh, carved in, in front. As he places it down on the table next to him, he scratches the back of his head. I've had my suspicions of another god. I've heard rumors. Asherati scripts speak of a god bathed in blood. In the scriptures, he's often known as Futya. Usually it's translated to artist, but I think in this case, it's translated to creator. Kay was the one who told us about him, right? Like, about Volnar, wasn't he? Um, he he like, mentioned a little bit, but he didn't know much. Oh, okay. Like, and not knowing, obviously, that he was, like, alive. Just, like, that that's who they yeah. could have been referencing. Okay. Uh, how do you spell the Blood God's name? Uh, the Volnar, V-U-L-N-A-R. Oh, like the the, the hidden... God in the Asherati script. Uh, he's often referred to as Futya. Uh, F H U with the two dots on top. T apostrophe Y A. Apostrophe Y A. Okay, yeah. thank you. Uh, usually translated to artist, but in this case translated to creator. Ancient uh, Asherati speak of a realm of red sand. The Sundering Wastes, they called it. I believe it to be Volnar's domain. Before the other gods betrayed him in the early days of the Draconic Civil War and the First Convergence. Jeez. Another realm. I believe the Asherati to be uh, a secret fifth uh, Eldar race to have existed before the boundless the boundless shores are formed. Suppose that would make sense. 
but um, we were nearly forced into this deal, but um, Osiris came blasting in at the last minute and pulled us out while we were busy arguing over if we were to um if we were forced to take their deal who would carry the burden of giving their soul luckily we were not half forced to make a call like that well i do have an explosive personality you hear uh, um, a voice uh, call from the balconies above. With that accent again? <laughs> as you, uh, you see the uh, now uh, glowing uh, blue form of uh, Osiris uh, kind of drift his hand, uh, his finger gracefully along the railing as he leaves the panel. Hello. Okay, good to see you again. Dwayne, do you need me to speak up? (laughs) (laughs) As uh, his uh, form kind of shifts through uh, the railing as it kind of gracefully floats down to the floor below as he pulls out a chair and sits at the table. I'm sorry, Tobin, I interrupted you. Continue. Tell, telling them how about how I dashingly saved you. Kind of uh, mockingly waves his, his hand like Tobin's, a fan. To, yeah, and Tobin's going to kind of like pick someone's hand. He's like, no, that was about it. And I guess he came with us on a boat ride for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then we decided to make our way to... Uh, to the Farhaven Isles to um see what was going on there. When we arrived there, the port town was deserted. Uh, scarce. Uh, for a few of those um shadow creatures, like the one we were, the ones we ran into Lulara, or in Lulara, but then um. We found the bloodhounds, and we were able to subdue all but one of them before... Kind of cocks his head inquisitively, as he doesn't quite understand why, why you mean subdue. Uh, we already called him on the sending... Or who's, who's cocking their head? Uh, okay. We called him on the sending stone. We told him about that. Did you? Yes. Yep. yes. I made the call myself. Hmm. All right. Sorry, I forgot about that. Never mind. He kind of nods his head and uh, understanding. Um. <clears throat> but. But then, um. We then we ran into Gwyn. And um. And Milo was with him. But um. Then. Something, something happened. I, I'm not even really sure how to describe what exactly it was. 
um, we were hiding out when in the, the center of town, there was a sudden commotion, and when we looked out to see, there were... So were they the retrievers that, like, did this? Yeah. Okay. Those were the, the, the okay. three retrievers that were sent to the Bellish Shores. The, um, the retrievers that were, that were released from wherever the hell were making this giant sort of spell circle of some sort. Not any runes I recognized. Um, and seem to open some sort of portal where a man and someone's gonna say it it was no man in white robes and a void black face came out with the most fear inspiring presence I have ever felt before we were forced to flee um and we didn't have time to uh grab the subdued bloodhounds we only know for sure that what was her name the one that died the one that fireballed herself oh ari we, we only know for sure that ari died but uh, we cannot speak for certain on the um, on the fate of the rest of the bloodhounds. And then they we captured spells of my creation. I am the one to take fault if anyone here. Let's see. K sighs and tries to find words to tries to find words to say. So Vidale speaks up and she says, "If I if I had access to the tear, uh, maybe I could do something." Uh, you see, uh, uh, Safiri lean forward and, and kind of like a like a it kind of flexes himself a little bit and in, in confidence. We could try and receive it. My boys have been itching for a hunt. Uh, certainly could try, but unfortunately, at our time there, we didn't um, hear any word of what uh, fate the or where the tear is now. Not sure what Isn't happened to it obvious? after um, Amarath used it to revive Zodak. Well, um, if Amarath used it to revive Zodak, then it would probably be a reasonable assumption to, to assume that the tier probably, or what's left of the tier probably resides within Zodak as well. Uh, turn to Vidal and be like, is, is that how you would assume it works? It's not how. I only managed to scratch the surface of his capabilities, but in the hands of a capable user, I don't think it would have been consumed. I see. So the tear could still be in Amarath's hand, or rather, 
Valnar's, assuming he was doing it under his orders. Uh, no. You see, uh, K put down his, uh, you see K, uh, put down his wine glass as he looks forward at all of you, a serious look in his eye. We struck first. It is our opponent's turn to move. We must stay vigilant. No more wild goose chases. What do you know, suggest? We know Volnar's motive, but we do not know his plan. You see Gwen uh, scratches his beard. We also know that the Evadoc the Evadoc has taken Farhaven Island, which may mean that Jeshima might be empowered by his presence. We must be aware of our enemy's base of operations. Uh, From I what I hear, moving upon the island of Eker seems like a death sentence. Yeah. Will Jeshima be able to escape the... Would she even be able to escape the tower without her heart? I do not know. Uh, she once um, asked... We once asked her a favor... And in return, she asked for some of my blood. And in light of new information, I understand why that is. I did not give her blood, but it seems, hopefully, she's stuck there fairly well without access to her heart. I hope, for all our sakes, that is true. Could it be at all possible that it's not necessarily her blood that she needs? Could it be at all possible that they're rounding up folk to sacrifice so that the darkness the ever dark can grow stronger and therefore the heirs of darkness. Where is this information coming from? What have you heard of sacrifice rituals for the darkness to gain power? I haven't heard of anything. It's pure speculation, but at this point I would consider anything to be possible. Well, your theory has, has, has some truth to it. Um, her agents, her shadelings, they call them, they were once mortals like, like you, uh, drawn to uh, the ambition of power. They, they pleaded Jeshuma to grow stronger, to, to gain an... Uh, uh, a fraction of her power uh, in trade of her souls and slowly the humanity drained and yes that explains I think, the desiccated hearts in their chests and could also explain the the shadows of the everdark reproducing and killing civilians and creating more shadows Mm. Are you saying that 
that's Jeshima's power, or because she I comes from the effort? Ever Dark's power. Her power, main power source is the Ever Dark. Yeah, that's what I was. Brings saying. my fear of of her being empowered by his presence right. now in the Boundless Shores. I see. Well, then we must just hope the uh, her tower uh, keeps her. Um, at bay long enough for us to do whatever it is we whatever it is we do. After remaining quiet for most of the meeting, Mr. Kuriki uh, clears his throat. Uh, fortunately, we uh, we may have a lead that may allow us to prevent a disaster before it happens. A lead on what? Uh, okay, not swords. Uh, Kiri, uh, Kiriki and says, uh, thank you. There, there has been chatter of strange happenings in Eris. Telltale signs of an ever-dark incursions like the ones we've experienced. Hold on. Um, what's Alistair? Didn't you say that's where the raid base is? Um, I open up my letter again to double-check. Yeah, it, it's an it So it seems, um, one thing I may have failed to mention is it seems that, um, Valnar was using some sort of Iker, Ikeric or whatever, uh, to control these metallic beings called Sanguicythes, and Alistair just received a letter that a, another form of um, automation he was working on in Arist is going, seems to be going berserk, and I theorize that it may have been related, but maybe that could hold even more true now that we know there's some sort of dark activity happening there. But, I, I although Volnar and obviously the darkness are separate, it's hard to say if they could end up doing something in the same space. I don't know. Uh, you see a purple mage hand uh, float from behind uh, Mr. Kirigi carrying a small metal device attached to an arm bracer. You see uh, two larger gems are placed on the sides of the interface with small, uh, four smaller gems are placed in the center arranged in a diamond. Like, boom, 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 boom. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it's a bit primitive, unfortunately. I was hoping maybe, Alistair, you could tinker with it. This is what I've titled a, a rift detector. The, the four gems act as an indicator for the direction, and they'll flash uh, within 60, uh, when you're within 60 feet of a rift. Uh, not exactly straightforward, but it's what I could whip up in the short amount of time that I had. She hands the, uh, the rift to detect her across the table towards Alistair. Well, thank you very much. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can improve on the design as we go in order to make it the more precise as we go, but this will at least be a great step inside the right direction. Thank you. 
it'll at least give you a start and that that's all we could ask for in this in this time of uncertainty thank you thank you um now you see uh uh Okay, kind of uh, uh, scrapes something out of his pipe as he sprinkles a little bit more gold dust into his pipe and lights it. On a less cosmic note, Emperor Killian and Queen Ravana have come to an accord. A bridge is to be built across the ocean between Veilbridge and Udaria which means free trade routes between nations and semi-open borders. This is the politi uh, biggest political agreement since the Blackwater Import-Export Agreement. In any other time, it would be cause for celebration, but I have a harrowing feeling that something else may be at work. I'll give you one guess on which umbrella company owns all the building companies employed for the construction. I already know it's Hatchco. We've, uh, of course. We've spoken with, uh, or we've overheard some conversations about the potential of this happening and the lobbying behind it already. Can't um, pretend to understand what what the fuck's his name? You can't, you can't get, uh, I, I can't remember his name. Hatchco guy. Silas. Silas. Mr. Vondes. I uh, can't imagine to understand Silas's motives, but it seems he's wanted this for quite a while. But I'm, that's where the paradox lies is that his company is the biggest shipping company in the world. And so having open trade routes between the two biggest nations is take a big cut out of his, that of his company. So Silas has some sort of ulterior motive for the open trade route, clearly. Well, naturally. And, um, would you want to tell them about what transpired as we landed here, Alistair? Or? Well, might as well. I'll go ahead, pull out the letter, and put it on out on the table for all to read. Um, you, uh, you present the letter as they all take the time to, to read it over. That's quite concerning. Well, it seems like we know your party's next destination. Whether we like it or not, we're going to have to go solve that mech problem. I need to go get prepared, so if you'll excuse me as I walk out and try to find somewhere quiet yeah. to 
prepare for the journey ahead. Uh, all of you have rooms prepared for the evening. Um, you showed up by uh, by you're led up to your rooms by uh, the the limited amount of bloodhound agents you've seen in in the building. Was, uh, everyone chooses to call an early night. The Adaiul uh, head out of the the grand uh the grand dining room sure uh and uh are left to their own devices as we're gonna call another break another one uh another one i will follow um the Ade Nawul taking the remainder of the day to rest and prepare themselves for the adventure ahead. Uh, Kalduin wanders his way towards uh, Kay's study as he knocks on the door. Kay from inside. It's open. Apologies for the intrusion, Master Kay, but I've come to ask a favor. Of course, anything. With the increasing danger that is approaching. I'm I'm hoping you can pull some strings. I I want to be there to protect those around me. I want to protect my family and this and I uh, move the duster to show the like almost torn up leather vests that I'm wearing. I don't think this has got to cut it. Well, Calduin, I'm so glad you asked. I forgot to mention, I have a surprise for you. I have two surprises for you. Uh, come, follow me to the training grounds for a moment. So, uh, you make your way out towards the uh, the the rear exit of the the Vampire Manor to the large stadium built in the back for the training grounds. Um, you expressed interest in a certain uh, artifact that you were not able to retrieve yourself. Well, I. What was the term you used? Pulled some strings and, well, and kind of lifts his arm up and reveals the, uh, the large 15-foot uh, Ashradi statue overlooking the, uh, the training grounds. Uh, a tear wells in Calderon's eyes. Thank you so much. And, uh, well, I might have an answer to your question. I, uh, made a little, I got a little gift for you. I talked to a few, uh, blacksmiths I know. Uh, real talented guy out in Scorchtown. Uh, here. He, uh, goes out towards, uh, one of the chests out near the training ground and pulls out uh, uh, a breastplate of armor. It's not much. It's, uh, you know, it's not really enchanted, but it'll give you a good start. 
anything to protect my family. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, they accidentally sent an extra set. If you want to give it to someone else. I don't know. It's not really my style. I don't like the color. I appreciate it. Of course, anything. Go get some sleep. You need it. After you need a fucking warm bed. Want some, uh, want some glimmer? <laughs> you know, I don't touch the stuff. Hey. You know, everybody needs a taste of home for a while. Just one night. Relax. I won't tell anybody. I'm going to keep my mind clear. Peter pressure, Peter pressure. <laughs> well, if you insist, but if you ever need, if you ever want it, he hands you a, just a small little, little leather bag. You ever just want to taste home just for a minute? Sprinkle it on some toast or something and, you know, Set an afternoon for yourself. It 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 really grounds you. But I under I understand. For now, you have a mission, you have a motive, you have a goal. It's okay to relax once in a while. You know that, right? I'm getting there. I know. I'd like to uh, commission an art piece. What do you have in mind? Um, the he kind of chuckles for a moment and he goes, "I don't know. Surprise me." Enough, just the thing. You know, you, you do so much for your family. Don't be so reserved with them. You have a soft soul inside. You don't need drugs to let yourself loose once in a while. You can even just, you know, bury your heart to your friends once in a while. So listen, I'm slowly starting to learn. I'm proud of you. And I give a small bow and head back to my room. Nods and... Uh... Just takes a few moments uh, outside as you walk back towards uh, the manor as you see him looking up towards the statue and down towards the uh, the training grounds just taking taking his moment uh, uh, as as I walk back to my room um, is Beckett's room on the way to mine yeah I knock on the door and just leave the extra set 
I go upstairs, I head into the room. Rolling, I swear to God. <laughs> a bubonic also squawks, what the fuck? <laughs> if, no one, if no one comes in, I'm just going to walk up to the door and see what the fuck that was. <laughs> um, Alistair, uh, you made the armor, you know, technically. Well, Chris, you made the armor technically. Uh, would you like to go ahead and, and describe what this armor looks like? It is a immaculately formed mithril chain shirt that is made out of links so fine that it's almost as though it would flow like water as it rolls against any surface, clinging to whatever lies behind it. It's clearly meant to maximize as much mobility involved as possible while still being nigh impenetrable to most forces that would act on it. There's also a set of van braces that that uh, are meant to cover the forearms. And finally, along with the chain link, or the chain armor, there's also what looks like a further external set of padding. It's a very exotic addition to it, but it looks as though it's meant that the outermost layer are meant to take the impacted blows of uh, of heavy uh, blunt damage, and meanwhile your chain is meant to uh, take up any of the damage from slashing. It's as incredibly light as you could imagine, though, and it almost seems to grant you greater focus as you uh, start to uh, wear individual segments. I'm gonna take off my leather coat, put it all on, and then put my leather coat on top, because Beckett does like the leather coat vibe but she still wants the armor. So. Gotta have the aesthetic. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Alright, I think with that, Caldwin and Becca change share the same mind, because uh, Caldwin's still wearing his duster jacket. <laughs> wait, <laughs> with it, it under. wait, is that like an actual thing, or like... Yeah, so you know like the Renegade outfit where it has like the really long coat? Yeah. It, it's one of those. Oh, that's cool, okay. Yeah, yeah, He it, Caldwin looks like a cowboy. Believe it or oh, not, so... there is brown coat armor inside of uh, 3.5 official. All right. He, uh, here's my homework for all of you next week. Uh, instead of me announcing the order, I will uh, I will announce the order. But then as I announce your name, you're going to give me a brief description of what your character looks like. I'd like you mm. to... Take some time and write a little bit of it out, you know, spark notes, you know, type it out, write it out, do whatever you need to do. You know, don't do it on the fly. You know, take some time and really think about what your character looks like, what they're wearing, what their face looks like. That's practically all in my backstory already. You know, <laughs> how they carry themselves. Well, like, even like a thing. You know, it, it, for something yeah. brief, something quick. 
you know, it doesn't have to be crazy, but, uh, you know, uh, your characters have undergone a lot of changes now, you know, from the beginning. Uh, I listened to back to the first episode. Wow, we've changed a lot from the first episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Beckett's been traumatized. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten better from the first episode, which is cool. Um, yeah, something brief, something quick, just just a brief description of what your character looks like. You know, take some time. Does it need to be too much? But yeah, that's your homework for next week. As uh, the Edai now rule, all head to bed early, finally feeling safe after traversing deep within their enemy's territory. Finding sleep within the Vampire Hill Manor, all members of the Edai Naul share a dream, even though they are not aware that they are sharing it. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. <laughs> dream opens in a vast temple. Statues of the Celestials are carved into the pillars. The floor is a beautiful collage of colors, white, gold, green, magenta, teal, dark blue, and silvery gray. A beautiful mural of the Draconic Civil War is painted on the domed roof. Gods versus gods, dragons betraying their brethren, destruction upon the realms. And finally, the gods defeating their father and banishing him to his darkness. A large throne with uh, scales um, brain just went uh, a large throne with scales uh, carved into the back um, sits on the far side of the temple with two smaller thrones beneath it on the right and left. You see six humanoid figures. Uh, near the temple, near the throne, in a heated discussion. The mortals have stakes, stakes in this fight. We do not. You see Anghor before the, the throne of Ragnar's temple. Confident, are we? You see Ragnar sneers, sitting upon his throne. The scales just carved over his head. Brothers, please, the Paylor turning towards the others. Stakes, Anghor? These are our creations. They are being divided and, and destroyed. They are violent, weak creatures. They crave to rule and to be ruled. The heretic god's power runs deep. Molnar breeds their violence, and the father fuels their fear, Anghor says coldly. Paylor sighs sadly and puts a hand on the war god's shoulder. Anghor, you know the cycle of the harvest. The field is purged of weeds, deeds are sown, and when those have matured, they are picked and used to feed the nation. Then after winter and the weeds have grown back, the field is once again tilled and purged of weeds. You know that very, you know very well that, is it, that it is in their nature, as it is in yours. Gentlemen, please, hear my cry. 
uh, Varus taking the form of Yonatan's druidic tree uh, begs the three gods. They are outnumbered and against impossible odds. Does our duty. Uh, the purple dragonborn form of Arcanos, uh, the golden staff of his other hand, uh, uh, his other head clasped in his claw, sits on the throne to Ragnar's left. It is your duty to those living on the shores, mine only to the scrolls and to judgment. Uh, Tyrael, your knights and his friends fight for you, for us. We cannot abandon them to the darkness or to the malice of Bagnar, malice of Volnar. Yeah, Varus bows and kisses the hand of Tyrael, who's sitting on the throne to the right. I do feel great pain for the martyrs. They are suffering. But if we react, don't you think Volnar will retreat? What is going on with me today? Retaliate. Don't you think Volnar would retaliate even more so? Cereal, taking the form of a pale-skinned, uh, blonde-haired, middle-aged woman with uh, a long, flowing, silvery white dress and an icy blue scarf. So, like, imagine White Witch vibes, but, like... Sounds not... like Elsa. <laughs> Older Elsa, yeah. <laughs> white witch vibes, not evil. <clears throat> gotcha. Ragnar, Paylor, please, let me help them. Varus pleads. Or I will involve myself without your assistance or allowance. I choose to let the events play out as the scrolls will predict. Ragnar stands from his throne. Do what you must, watcher of the seas and skies. Ragnar bows to the other celestials and exits the room. Arknos slowly stands and bows, following Ragnar. Angor scoffs. Varys, you are too soft. As you are too cruel. Angor scowls and takes a breath as if uh, as you were going to say something, but instead he, he storms out the front door of the temple. Varus then turns to Paylor and Tyrael. Will you help me? I cannot get involved, but I will try my best, Paylor bows. Tell the Adai Nawul that I'm... They know. Varus interrupts. Tyrael. My offsprings are divided. I will rally them to your cause. Tyrael bows. The dream is then obscured in the in the veil as the morning dawns to a new day. Uh, does anyone want to do anything with their morning? When... Uh, yes. Uh, so I heard both Liam and uh, Nate, so we'll go with Liam first. When Calderon gets out of bed, he immediately starts working on a life-size statue of Ari. 
per K. Amazing. Uh, Nate, you wanted to do something. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go. <clears throat> I'm going to go into. Um, is it all right if I do the thing right now? Uh, mm, no, I, I, I need to talk to you about that before we can solidify anything. I can't just randomly throw that in right now. Okay. Um, yeah, Jonathan is just going to go out to the training grounds with Peter and practice some more moves and refine yeah. the ones that they've learned already. Roll me a performance check for Peter. And... Oh, no. Roll me a... Yes, sir. <laughs> Peter has a fucking minus... Has a minus one to charisma. He's a charismatic boy, that's all. Okay. He's a good boy. He's, He's just got an ugly mug. He wasn't. He's just not... He's, an He's just ugly. Yeah. He, he knows He's got a face that Yonatan could love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that's a 31 for handle animal and that is a uh, that is a 10 for peter on uh performance um uh... Uh, as you're uh, tra uh, training with Peter, you are training. Uh, a f you trained a few tricks, but uh, his his energy seems like he he wanted to train for a, a few more combat moves. And after training for a couple hours, uh, he feels a lot more apt in combat. Uh, as he even a few times uh, having you you having to use your band braces to. Uh, to dodge and to intercept a few of his bite attacks as he got a little bit too excitable. Uh, but you feel uh, confident that Peter is is becoming a very skilled uh, fighter and a young adolescent Griffin. He's, he's been growing by the day as he's almost uh, now even sitting on his four legs almost taller than you. Good boy. Ah <laughs> oh, man, you're uh, you're get you're getting you're you're growing, Peter. You, you really are. <laughs> you know, I've uh, you know, ever since that. Well, ever since that day, um, I've watched you from being the tiniest of cubs to almost being taller than me for fuck's sake so as you uh open up your heart uh peter kind of takes takes advantage of you ke uh, being off guard and uh <laughs> he headbutts you in the chest as you uh follow the ground as he tackles on top of you and begins to just lick your face 
Oh, oh, jeez. All right, buddy. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> um, I think, well, that these training grounds are available. I think Tobin would probably also make his way there. Um, as long as, are you done with that bit? Yonatan, or is there more you want to yes, do? Yes, I'm, okay. I'm done with that bit. So as you guys are wrapping up, you'll see um, Tobin make his way into the yard. And he's going to, you know, strap on all his armor and uh, draw a sword. And he's just going to, thinking back on the fear he felt um, when the dark, when the um, ever dark was like, summoned in his like humanoidish form uh thinking back to that he's just gonna like focus up and just like not in like an angry way but like in like a very you know like very intent way he's gonna like um train with like just some basic sword stuff evolving into like um working on summoning his spells into his blade and just um really like really going for it yeah, uh, you're so focused, your mind uh, uh, just the the energy that that you're producing uh, in in your training, the the ferocity, the the you train for a while and you you entered the training grounds uh, kind of later into Yonatan's uh, training with Peter and as uh, Peter and Yonatan have traveled off you've uh, continued your training and as you you finally take a thrust forward as you expel um, a magical essence from your blade <sighs> out of breath you you take a breath for a moment and you look beneath you as you see you've somehow turned uh the ground beneath you into ice um yeah catching his breath and realizing how intently he was focusing, not even realizing that he basically made an uh, ice rink out of the training area. He's going to slowly catch his breath and be like, better call it a day there. Uh, it's probably more than enough as he uh, inspects the ice a little bit more and looks at some of the dummies he he dummied. <laughs> um And he'll just uh, sheath his sword and go clean himself up, you know, like drenched in sweat and whatnot. Yeah, as you uh, decided the training is done for the day, you, you look up and around you and see uh, Gwen in his uh, now polished pearly white armor looking over you as you train with his sword uh, planted into the ground as hands resting on it. You add a breath, go to clean yourself off, and as you leave, you see uh, that Gwen has, has then 
left and no longer around the area. Yeah, that's all I really wanted to do. Does anyone else have anything that they want to do to spend their morning? I could still chill in her room. She just doesn't feel like being social. Everyone keeps bugging her anyway. <laughs> I'm going to need to get back aboard the ship in order to deal with uh, the gin later. If uh, that's all the Adina will plan to spend their morning, then I think we're going to call this episode a little bit early. Hey. Uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. That was a great episode. It's a good one. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Uh, as far as imp- inspiration points, I'm gonna give a point to everybody. Everybody did phenomenal. You all got an inspiration point. You guys are great. You did phenomenal. Uh, super proud of everyone. This session that was it was really fun. Uh, you know, if you made it this far, thank you very much for for listening. Uh, remember to like and subscribe. We're on Spotify. Please rate us on there. Gets us more attention. Uh, you know, of course, we've been drunk. We've been dumb. That's all I gotta say. Bye. Have a great time.